Hey yo, it's your girl Xander here, back with episode 4 of Ace's Portal, the podcast where today we'll be jumping back into the fantastically fun, high vibey, sparkly topics of spirituality. Back through the portal we go from last week's realm of realism to this week's realm of magical beings. Today we will be talking about one of my favorite things, your spiritual team. In deciding what I wanted to talk about this week, I had a lot of different ideas I was contemplating, but I figured after my old spiel last week about you aren't in this alone and open yourself up to others and you might find your answers, followed by my fucking Zen calendar literally sending me a sign. You know, it's one of those calendars where you tear off a page every day and you feel great because you're like, another one down, another one to go. I love life and its never-endingness. But yeah, as I was deciding what to make this week's episode about, I got a quote from that boy Lao Tzu that said, all are clear. I alone am clouded. And I was like, damn, okay, homie, I hear you, I hear you, I get it, I'm not in this alone. Thank you, Spirit, for sending me this sign and reminding me that I am not alone. So my argument for we aren't in this alone goes even further because we are always surrounded by spirits. Ooh, scary, I know, go surreal, folks. Happy Halloween. Just kidding, just kidding. I mean, they definitely are, but that's another kind of spirit. And today we are focused on our spiritual team that loves us unconditionally. And I mentioned that quote by my boy Lau because he's right. Going about this journey completely alone with just your own mind? My fucking God, of course it's clouded. You only have one perspective, one thought generating computer who talks to itself. Of course it's hard to reach clarity when all you hear is yourself. And this is not my argument to go against your intuition or anything like that because I do believe a lot of the answers are within us. But when we exchange knowledge and information with others, it allows us to figure things out in ways we might not have considered. We gain new perspectives. When it comes to your own life, your decisions, your next steps, listening to yourself can be really beneficial and communicating with a higher level of consciousness that also has your best interest in mind and at heart can really help make things easier and lessen your struggle. Before we get into the fine print of who's on the spiritual team, I want to give you this lovely little allegory one of my wise spiritual teachers told me that outlines why connection with spirit is so important. And in honor of not gatekeeping information, here it goes. Okay, so imagine this. You're a lethal tiny leaf. I use lethal a lot, as you can tell. And you've fallen off a tree and onto this wonderful river, the river of life. And you're just floating along, doing what little leaves do. You're bobbing and weaving around stray sticks, rocks, the occasional fish that thinks you're food. And as the leaf, you only have your perspective. The perspective of traveling down the river at whatever speed the water takes you. Your spiritual guides, though, they have more of a bird's eye view. They can see the river of life from start to finish. They can see where the river forks off and splits only to come together several hundred feet downstream. They see the rocks that make whitewater rapids. They see the smooth areas that are clear of any potential obstacles that might trap the leaf and keep it from moving along. And because your spiritual team has this perspective, they can steer you, the leaf, away from traps or anything that might make its journey harder. Because they're not in the physical form, they'll send signs, push you towards things, maybe even things that don't seem like the right or easy option in the moment. And since we're human, we have an ego. We aren't pure essence, and because of that, we get free will of choice. We can choose which way we go and where that takes us. 
The shitty part about this, of course, is we don't have that bird's eye view. And we make the choice from our only perspective. We might not know when we're making the choice of going left versus right, which option's going to lead us down class four rapids versus which one's going to take us along a smooth, lazy river style adventure. A lot of times there are even more obstacles in front of the path we shouldn't take. And this can often be divine intervention trying to get us to change course because we're heading for something much worse. But of course, being human, we might just write these off as being shitty little things that happen to all of us, challenges we need to endure or work through, and we may choose to disregard them as that. The flip side is, there's also situations where there's obstacles in place because it's like, okay, like, how bad do you really want this? Like, let's just test it, because not everything can come easy. But you're here, and you're listening to this podcast for a reason, right? You're here to learn things, to gain perspective and understanding that you can apply to benefit your life. And people create things for the benefit of others. And the benefit here is you're learning that you 200% aren't in this alone and that there are spirits looking to help you along your journey at all times. You just have to open yourselves up to the possibility. Before we get into how to open yourself up to your spiritual team, let's take a look at who is potentially a part of your spiritual team. The first class of guides I want to discuss are the angels. Now, there's two types of angels. You have guardian angels and archangels. Guardian angels are angels assigned specifically to you, typically at birth, and they will be with you until death. Their purpose is helping you along your life's journey, protecting you, and getting you where you're meant to be. You may have one or several guardian angels, um, and some spirit guides are with you for life, and some come in and out. It just depends on what you're experiencing and going through. From my knowledge, you can pick up extra guardian angels throughout life depending on what experiences you encounter. And the nice thing about guardian angels is you are their purpose. You are their little tiny pupil, so they're always with you. Therefore, it's really easy to connect with them. I'll be discussing how to connect more towards the end. Archangels, on the other hand, there's a debate in the spiritual community on how many archangels there actually are. Some peeps say 7, some say 15. I tend to go with 15 because all of my angel tarot and oracle decks go off of 15. The archangels are sort of like the head angels. If we were to assign a hierarchy of angelic beings, the archangels would be at the top in charge, and all other angels would be under them or reporting to them like they were a part of their own individual team. The cool thing about archangels is they all have a specific set of abilities and specialized arenas and purposes, So you can work with a specific archangel to help you with a specific goal, healing, or challenge. And you can call on the archangels at any time and they will always show up, but it's important to call on the right angel for the right thing. So for example, if you call in Archangel Ariel to help you with forgiveness, it's not really her area of expertise, but you know, she'll dap you up, pat you on the back, say, I'm here for you, bud, but you might want to call in Archangel Zodkiel since that's his specialty. In addition to the angels, you may also have deities as members of your spiritual team. By this, I mean gods and goddesses of different cultures and religions. They can come from any sort of background, whether it's related to your religion, your culture, your bloodline, or they can be completely unrelated. They may be permanent members who you're meant to develop a strong relationship with over the course of your life, or they may be temporary and there to help you with a specific cycle or specific work. Sometimes you can choose to foster a relationship with a specific god or goddess the same way you can choose to work with a specific archangel, but I find the ones you're meant to work with will start making contact with you and letting you know that they're open to engage. 
Another category of guides is the Ascended Masters. And some people argue every human is assigned a team of five Ascended Masters. And there's a whole lot of talk around the Chohans of the Seven Rays and what all that means. For me, trying to lock down and solidify a rule or a number around how many guides people have working with them is a little silly. I don't really think it's the point, but I would safely say that everyone has at least one Ascended Master working with them. In previous episodes, I've mentioned ascension and dimensional consciousness and all that ascending to 5D magic. Some say we don't ascend until we hit the sixth dimension. So when we reach 5D, depending on the lifetime, we may ascend to 6D, meaning that we will no longer reincarnate in the physical form again, but that's pretty rare. Uh, But a super common example that virtually everyone knows about uh, would be Master Jesus. He's an ascended master. He's ascended to 6D. Basically, ascended masters were humans just like you and I who came here, they learned their lessons, they mastered their shit, raised their consciousness, balanced their karma, then ascended, and now they work with us to help us progress on our spiritual journey over the course of many lifetimes. Depending on what you're here to do, you may find yourself working with certain masters over others because they have the most to teach you based off of what your goals are in this lifetime. It's like how if your dream job is being a chef, you're probably going to go to culinary school, learn from other chefs, and that's how you'll master your craft. It doesn't mean having an apprenticeship at a mechanic won't teach you anything, but the skills aren't really lined up with your primary goal. So the main point is you can always learn, but some guides are better for you than others just based off of what you're looking to accomplish. The next category is what I'll call intergalactic cosmic alien guides. I don't really know quite what to call them, but they fit under all of those words. And these are basically guides from other planets, galaxies, star systems in the universe who vibrate at a higher frequency and a dimension than humans do. So if your soul is originally from another place in this universe, what some like to call star seeds, you typically have one or more of these guides with you. Even if you're a human soul, these guides can still work with you and they're often here to help you with spiritual light work and higher purpose stuff related to humanity. They bring a non-human perspective to your journey that pushes you to consider things in a way that seem foreign. It's that classic out-of-the-box stuff. There's also animal guides, uh, the main two categories being spirit animals and power animals. Power animals are a type of shamanic guide that typically lives in the lower world of the three spirit worlds, but they can travel and help you with anything in any of the three worlds. And they see your life, again, from that big picture perspective, so fostering this relationship can be really huge for your spiritual growth, since your guide, the energy, and the relationship with that guide is completely unique to you. And what I mean by that is I could have a power animal guide, let's say elephant, and so could Joe Schmo. And that relationship might look completely different for both of us, even though we both have elephant as a power guide. Maybe for me, elephant's there to help advance my spirituality and foster my inner child. Whereas for the other person, elephant is meant to be more of a sturdy, grounded, protective energy. And everyone has a power animal, at least one, if not many. And these are guides that tend to be with you for a large part of your life as well, similar to the guardian angels. Spirit animals, on the other hand, they come in and out depending on what's happening in life and what you need. These will commonly pop up in day-to-day life, in dreams, through other forms of media. 
Like, I'm pretty sure Squirrel is one of my spirit animals since I've been fucking obsessed with them my entire life. And since I have no pets and live in a city with virtually no animals, I'm constantly talking to the squirrels like a madwoman. Literally all of the squirrels in this city are my pets, no shame. And I swear, guys, they vibe with me. They can understand me. It's like that Rick and Morty episode. I think they know exactly what's going on. But anyways, I will move on from my obsession with squirrels. Okay, get ready for this one, guys. Water, earth, fire, air. Long ago, the four nations lived together in harmony. Then everything changed when the fire nation attacked. It was my weak attempt to be funny, but as you can tell, I fucking love Avatar. And the four elements fit super well before introducing the complex category of elemental guides. Naturally, I'm sure you can assume they obviously work with the four elements and nature very closely. People classify a lot of spirits as elementals. Uh, They classify beings like fairies, brownies, gnomes, pixies, elves, sylphs, salamanders, leprechauns, undines even though all of these guides work with the elements in nature you can absolutely have them as members of your spiritual team typically people who spend a lot of time in nature or have a really strong relationship with mother earth might have these guides working with them i also want to add if you have pets plants or small little nature aspects around your space or your house there is definitely an elemental taking care of it so be mindful of that Your pets have their own elementals, and so does that succulent on your desk. And lastly, we have your ancestor guides. These can be blood ancestors working with you from your current bloodline. This can go way back, like centuries back, possibly to where your family bloodlines originated. I know I personally have some Celtic and Norse ancestors working with me. You may also have soul family ancestors, which are souls you've incarnated with in multiple lifetimes that didn't incarnate with you in this lifetime but instead they're serving as your guide since they know you so well and they're interested in helping you progress. The last type of ancestor is land or tribal ancestors. This may be more of a shamanic thing rather than a spiritual team related thing. So I'll just say being in right relationship with your local spirits and honoring them is important because they were here before you. It's kind of similar to respect your elders, except the spirits of the land won't be dicks to you unless you're dicks to them. Whereas some elders definitely overstep their boundaries and try to inflict their beliefs and values on you. Fuck that. Autonomy and empowerment. Be your own you. And don't let anyone dull your sparkle or try and change you. Okay, so now that you've been given the spark notes of what guides can be a part of your spiritual team, let's take a look at how to start connecting with them. Again, it's really important to note that Some guides will always be with you and some will step in and out depending on what's currently taking place in your life, what patterns you're dealing with or what cycles you're going through. But know that whoever is with you loves you unconditionally and they are here to help you. The main thing to know about starting a relationship with your spiritual team is the more you choose to develop and strengthen your relationship, the more you'll get out of it. If you spend time and energy regularly working with them, you'll start to get signs. Things like feathers, coins in weird places, numerology signs, 11-11 Make-A-Wish, certain ads on TV, songs coming on that are just so fucking perfect for the moment, or something you were just thinking about. 
making eye contact with certain people, random enlightening conversation with with strangers. Those are the best guys. Literally my favorite. The synchronicities, they'll just start manifesting in the physical hard. And on my journey, I found that these synchronicities started happening a lot before the communication with my psychic senses. I remember leading up to my awakening in the first part of summer, I would empty my wallet every week and it would be full of a bunch of random coins. Being the Gen Z fuck that I am, no matter how many times my parents tell me to always carry cash, it seems to be a lesson I'll never follow through on. And by that I mean I legit never carry cash. There is never cash in my wallet. And yet at the end of every week I'd be pulling out dimes, pennies, nickels out of my wallet and I just kept wondering how the fuck did they get in there? Like how? And they started showing up on my floor and random spots on my counter. I stopped complaining and I just started collecting the free money but my intuition followed by a very vigorous Google investigation led me to determine that the coins were signs that spirit was visiting me. And they will send signs in ways where you know they must be signs so don't doubt it when they show up. When this coin thing was happening, I was approaching my awakening, I was diving deeper into tarot, and I thought, maybe this is spirit making a connection? I'm certainly not imagining physical coins, and there's no other explanation for how this has happened every week for two straight months. So just use your intuition and discernment around signs. The other way spirit communicates and connects with you is through your psychic senses. And as you embark along your journey, you will begin to naturally see where your psychic abilities lie. You might feel things, see things, hear things, know things. Your psychic abilities reveal themselves to you over time, just like your spiritual team. One foolproof way to strengthen your connection to both is meditation. And that word either gets people hella excited Or they're like, oh fucking great, I'm just supposed to sit here, do nothing, be absolutely bored out of my mind, like whoopee, exciting. And to that I say, the two fundamentals of spirituality are shadow work and meditation. In order to advance, those two are key. And I harp on meditation because when you meditate, you open the door for communication. You send out an energetic signal and frequency that you're open to connection. Another way that you can communicate with spirit is through divination. And divination can take all sorts of forms, but the end goal is the same. You're seeking knowledge and wisdom from a higher source, and you're doing that through some sort of active practice. And I know this all sounds like a lot at this point. The number of different guides, the ways messages can manifest, the ways you have to connect and communicate, and of course, the time and energy you have to devote. But take into account that you are literally making a connection with a high dimensional being who can literally see your life from start to finish. Not even just this lifetime, all of your lifetimes. And they know where you're going and what you need to do and how to best get you there. It doesn't mean that they always push us along the path filled with the most joy because we aren't only meant to feel good things. Where would growth and evolution come from if we weren't pushed towards opportunities for it in the first place? Challenges build you. Okay, so how do you actually start this relationship with your spiritual team? My first tip for starting a relationship with your team is why are you doing it? What's your motivation? It's important to get clear with why you want to start a relationship with spirit. Maybe it's because you're at your wits end and you just fucking can't anymore. Or maybe you want to bring miracles and magic into your life. 
Maybe you're tired of repeating the same cycles. Maybe you feel lost in life, unsure of your purpose, your passion, and what the fuck you're supposed to do for the next 40-something years. Whatever your reason is, figure it out, whether it's one sentence or three pages. And once you have your reason for wanting to connect with spirit, think about how you want to do it. My favorite part about spirituality is you can make it 100% your own. Your spiritual practice doesn't need to be the same as mine and you don't have to do anything conventionally. Minus the two fundamentals of dealing with your shadow and meditating in some way, everything else is pretty freeform. But most people don't do great with a blank canvas. So if we take a page at a ye old religious handbook, we get things like prayer, both silent and verbal will work. Spending time in some sort of huge gold-covered shrine with beautiful designs or a place intended for spiritual practice. If you want to hit up your local church, temple, mosque, be my guest. You can also dedicate a space to you and your spiritual vibes within your house. Some people have altars. Some people have a shelf with pictures and significant objects. Some people have a cushion on the floor. You don't have to have a space to connect, but some people like to have one to help them get in the mindset. You can also do things like lighting candles or incense as offerings or maybe mood lighting to set the vibes. I don't know, whichever one you prefer. Could be either. Maybe get your essential oil diffuser going. You can put pictures up, tapestries. You could have crystals around your apartment, your house. Read sacred texts. You can meditate, dance, sing, chant, play your singing bowl, drum. Of all the religions out there, people do a bunch of different stuff. And with spirituality, you can take things from the past and incorporate them, or you can completely create your own thing. You hate singing? Fine, fuck it. No one will make you sing a damn hymn ever again. Not sure you feel comfortable with verbal prayer? Or not even sure what to do with silent in-your-head prayer that you get distracted with halfway through anyways? Sweet, dude. Why don't you write it instead? Like a letter. Something like, Dear Spirit, Today it was brick and the clouds were gray. But on the positive side, I saw a snowman. So thank you, Spirit, for reminding me of the little joys in life. Or whatever you want to talk about. But I find coming from a place of gratitude is really beneficial when you're trying to connect. Think about how you want to connect and make sure it's something that won't make you feel like you're being forced to do it. So my daily spiritual practice includes meditating or journeying, lighting some incense, maybe offering a candle, verbally connecting, and... I choose to call it verbal connection because I'm not too fond of the word prayer, but they're basically the same thing. I do a crystal offering and then daily divination with oracle or tarot. And some days I choose to do more. Sometimes I choose to silently connect while I'm riding the subway. Sometimes I verbally connect while I'm taking a shower or walking down the street. Because the best part about living in a mask mandated city is I can talk to myself all of the fucking time without anyone looking at me weird or thinking I'm crazy. Thank you, masks. Um, but anyways, yeah, you know, pick what feels right to you as far as connecting. You can always do more or less depending on the occasion, but choose something you think you can do every day consistently that won't make you want to chop your head off or feel like a chore. And when you do it, be present. Everyone is so obsessed with mindfulness and frankly, I get the whole movement. Being present is so damn hard. Your mind is constantly battling between going to the future or the past. It's hard to be fully present. But set an intention for your connection and make it in the present tense. Something like, I am connecting with my spiritual team through meditation now. 
I am connecting to my guardian angel through writing now. Then take it one step further. So once you figured out why you're connecting with your spiritual team, and then you figured out how you're going to do it, you marry those two together as an intention. Something along the lines of, I'm connecting with my spiritual team through prayer and crystal offering with the intention of gaining insight about my life's purpose. I am reaching out to you all, my spiritual team, because I've been conflicted on whether I want to pursue my side gig full time or if I want to accept the promotion I was just offered at work. I'm looking for insight and understanding on what will help my soul reach its greatest potential now. Thank you, spirit. Something like that. And again, that's just purely an example, but you take your why, you add some sort of connecting practice with it, and you reach out to your spiritual homies. Again, this can be verbal, it can be in your mind, you can write it, sing it, sign it, like ASL style, whatever floats your boat. And at this point in the pod, you're either completely on board with the spiritual team thing, or you're a bit hesitant. If you're on board, well, welcome to me ship, mateys. You're sailing on the SS. And that's the name, the SS, the spiritual ship. Uh, nothing else after SS. If you're still like, meh, what the fuck is this going to do? Why would I bother trying this? I barely have time to finish my to-do list as it is. I don't have time for anything else. First of all, I'd like to say, if you're bitching about not having enough time, you're actually manifesting not having enough time. However, I'll save the manifestation lesson for another day because it's a good one, kids. Let's look at this from a selfish angle then, shall we? What is this going to do for me? Well, best case scenario, you start thinking about your life and how you want to change it and you open yourself up to connecting with higher dimensional beings who actually have a fuller perspective of your life than you do. From here, you begin receiving little nudges, insight, and guidance on how to act in a way that brings you closer to where you want to be. As far as the, why would I bother trying this? Well, what else have you tried? Have you exhausted all rational, logical options if those qualities for solutions really matter to you? And they used to matter for me, so I I get it. From my perspective, I don't see how you can lose if you decide to give this the old college try. I mean, worst case, three weeks down the line, you're like, this did nothing for me. Xandra is the definition of Looney Tunes, and now I've wasted three and a half hours over the course of three weeks, which translates to 10 minutes a day, and that three and a half hour total out of your 504 hour total for all of the time in that three weeks gives you a whopping 0.69% of your time wasted. 69, 69, I'm just kidding. Uh, Damn, I screwed you over bad, bro. Hate me, fight me, come at me. Anyways, now that I've flexed the accounting skills and you're bored because of all the math I just did, all I have to say is you don't have to try it. You don't, I can't make you. Just like I can't force you to grow or change, that's all on you. But 10 minutes a day, every day for a three week trial period isn't the worst thing I could propose. And also, sorry about my little, like, 12-year-old boy humor. I just, I don't know. I I go off the rails sometimes. (laughs) As far as the I don't have time thing, I could go through and math you all again, but I think I sound like a condescending prick when I do that, so I won't. You do have time. You can make time for anything you want. So, unwarranted relationship advice. Anyone who says that they don't have time is a liar. They don't have time for you, and you should kick them to the curb because you deserve more. Anyways, now that I've hopefully provided a successful rebuttal to the doubters out there, you really don't have much to lose with forging a connection with your spiritual team. 
And when I first started, I had no fucking clue what I was doing, where to start, how to do it right, if it would even work, all of that common beginner's doubt. With regular time, energy, and effort, my relationship with my spiritual team has grown into something so magnificent. A relationship I couldn't have even dreamed of having a year ago today. And I've only been at this for nine months. It's amazing what happens with regular effort. Now I can channel energy quickly. I receive spiritual downloads and insight regularly. When I ask for guidance or wisdom, the knowledge comes instantaneously or within a few hours or days, depending on the nature of what I'm asking. And it only continues growing. I want to be clear that where I was nine months ago versus where I am today, they're totally different. The growth has been insane. A lot of what I see on TikTok and social media is all like, and today I saw Archangel Michael step foot in my room and we had this whole long ass conversation and then I astral traveled to Lemuria and then this butterfly spirit told me that I would meet the love of my life in three days wearing Doc Martens and then this girl at the grocery store in Docs asked me out and oh my god yes thank you spirit thank you Akashic Records twin flame vibes eh, love being spiritual witch talk. And I'm not here to discredit those stories or say they're fake because honestly, I'll never know. In the age of the internet, there's plenty of clickbait, but I also have to believe, depending on the source or the person, that those stories are probably true. I've had some crazy things happen on this journey, and when I tell these spiritual stories, I get one of two reactions. Either I can tell that they think I've completely lost my marbles, Or they're so intrigued and fascinated that they want to know how they can have stuff like that happen to them too. Again, no shit on the hype, cool stories that people put on TikTok or social media. Just, I don't know, use your intuition and discern whether or not it's real. Either way, reaching that level of interaction with spirit, it requires you to build up your relationship. You will begin seeing synchronicities and signs that things are happening pretty quickly into beginning to start a relationship with your spiritual team. But all that hyped up super cool stuff, it comes with time and it comes with dedication. An astral travel to Lemuria shouldn't be your only spiritual motivation. It should come from a place of wanting to be the best version of yourself, not necessarily flaunting your spiritual ego and proving you're spiritually woke and that clout is just dripping off of you. The more you prioritize your relationship with your spiritual team, the more it'll return. You'll start to see what they look like. You'll learn who's a part of it. You'll get names. You'll understand the energy they bring. You'll be able to connect at any time, not just through the time you dedicate. You can recognize when they're with you. You'll recognize signs that are being sent to you. And you'll start perceiving life and energy in a new way that grows your perspectives to be multidimensional. Before I close today's episode, I want to clarify that everyone has a spiritual team. This isn't a religious thing. It isn't even necessarily a spiritual thing. Source loves us all, and even if you don't believe in any of the shit I say, they're still with you. Secondly, you can communicate with your spiritual team. Everyone can. And I'll be saving a more detailed explanation of psychic abilities for another day, but know the four common ones are clairvoyance, that's clear sight, claircognizance, clear knowing, clairsentience, clear feeling, and clairaudience, clear hearing. These are the main four. There are so many others, but I would safely say every person has at least one of these clairs, and that allows them to communicate with their spiritual team. Lastly, your spiritual team loves you unconditionally. They see your life, your lifetimes, your incarnations from start to finish. 
They know what you're here to do, what you're here to learn, what you're here to experience. So they're always trying to guide you towards your highest vibrational path. The choice of the path is yours. We all have free will of choice, but just know that if you are off track, they will always attempt to course correct and get you back to where you're meant to be, even if the road to get there is rocky. The last thing I want to say is the relationship you cultivate is completely up to you. Your spiritual team will be there if you choose to connect, deepen, and grow this relationship and allow things to reach their fullest potential, but they'll also still be there if you choose to do absolutely nothing with this information. It's like a human relationship. You can't expect everything right away. You build up, make your acquaintance with them over time. You hang out, sesh, smoke a blunt, go grocery shopping, cry together, fuck around at Walmart at 3 a.m., go on some road trips, play pool, grab coffee and bitch about your job, and steal the traffic home while you're wasted. Slowly, the relationships, the conversations, and the adventures you go on evolve. Like I said last time, the more open you are, the more likely you are to grow. And like I say with everything, cue the broken record. It's all about the time and energy you put in. So thank you, my Earth Angels, for being here today and tuning in for my little chat, my little shot about your spiritual team. Uh, I think that means cat in French. I don't know. As always, I'm here for you, your questions, your stories, your miracles. Feel free to DM me. Until next time, stay rad, bro, and send your guides some love.